All right, this is our fourth Sunday of Advent, as we know, and this was a very short Advent, wasn't it? I mean, uh, this is all we got, uh, just, just four Sundays, and then uh, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. And uh, let's think a little bit about our epistle passage in light of uh, what it means to be anxious. How many of you, and you don't have to, this is a rhetorical question, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you know that you struggle with worry and anxiety? Okay, yeah, I, I'll admit that, I, I do. In fact, there's a story about a doctor who had to give a painful shot to a four-year-old girl. And when she learned what the doctor was about to do, her face showed her anxiety and her body tensed. And as the, daughter, uh, as the doctor picked up what looked to the little girl to be like a large needle well enough to render an elephant unconscious, she turned her eyes to her father, who then took her hand and fixed his eyes on hers. An expression of confidence and calmness came upon her face, and she knew that she was not alone. And she found comfort not in her father's spoken answer, but in his presence with her in her time of trial. And likewise, some of us do struggle with worry and anxiety for a number of reasons, some of which are legitimate, whether they are family concerns, health concerns, or the recent loss of a loved one, finances, etc. Fill in the blank. Uh, there are many things that could cause us to be anxious. As a result, though, we feel robbed of our joy and peace, especially this time of year. Because how often are the anxieties heightened uh, because of the preparations for the season, whether it's the last-minute Christmas shopping or preparation for company. I know my mother-in-law is coming to town. I realize this is going to be recorded, so I'm done already, but I'll go ahead and go for it. Um, I'll put it to you this way. My mother-in-law would intimidate Martha Stewart. And in my household, we're getting ready for my mother-in-law's visit. You know where I'm going with that. So this is a cause for you know, anxiety to a degree with my wife as well. Uh, you can tell her I said it. It's, it's on, on tape. So, uh, but, but the point is, is then we completely miss the joy of the season and the very reason for the season. Because, beloved, we cannot experience true peace in the Lord if we remain in a constant state of anxiety, especially for circumstances well beyond our control. One thing that is true, we cannot change what's around us. We cannot change other people. We have very little control over circumstances if we really admit it. Really, at best, we can control ourselves. So if we're exercising self-control, that's a very good start, just uh, on a practical level. So how many of us do lack true peace in the Lord because of undue anxiety or worry, and yet you desire, we desire to have that peace? I know I do. So St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians, uh, which is one of the prison epistles, uh, most likely written in Rome. And we see a reference to that in chapter 1, verse 13, to the imperial guard, which would be in Rome. And he knew that his execution was imminent. And he alluded to the possibility that his death was close at hand. And we see that in the opening verses of chapter 1. Thus, he had very good reason to be anxious 
but he wasn't. Then, then in chapter 2, just giving an overview of Philippians, the, the epistle, Christ's example of humility, we can see, that serves as an example for us to follow. And we also know that that chapter is marked by high Christology, which underscores his humanity and his divinity as the incarnate Son of God. And chapter 3 underscores the theme of righteousness through faith in Christ as a polemic against the Judaizers who taught righteousness through adherence to ceremonial laws, namely circumcision. And then chapter 4 is where we pick up today, which uh, is uh, roughly covers some concluding exhortations, encouragement, and prayer, and also addressing whatever spat there was between Euodia and Syntyche. We don't really know what it was about. Uh, very likely it was about the color of the carpet that they're about to choose. Just kidding. Who, who, who really knows? Your guess is as good as mine. But, but, but it was an issue. And St. Paul urged them to agree in the Lord. There's some other practical advice. Whenever we are having a, a disagreement between one another, okay, who's it really about? Is it about us as individuals? Or are we truly here to honor and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve one another? But that's not really the point of this passage today. The point, however, is to rejoice. Verse 4, we pick up with rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This was an injunction that was repeated for emphasis. And yet the apostle said this while in an imperial prison facing imminent death? Yes. Paul's faith in the Lord was ultimately in his heavenly citizenship. And it should be the same for us as well, because this isn't all there is. We have eternity. And that's what we are preparing for is eternity. And even for those of us who have lost loved ones, and we lost many dear people just this past year, remember, there's a resurrection. There's not a period at the end of their life, but a semicolon to be continued in the resurrection. So perspective. Whatever issues that we are facing right now are merely temporary. So we are preparing for eternity. In fact, um, there's a story about a woman who uh, was, survived an earthquake. In fact, uh, the earthquake occurred some years ago. And the inhabitants of a small village were generally very much alarmed, but they were at the same time surprised at the calmness and apparent joy of an old woman whom they all knew. At length, one of them, addressing the old woman, said, Mother, are you not afraid? No, said the woman. I rejoice to know that I have a God who can shake the world. Perspective. God subjects all things to himself, as we see in chapter 3, verse 21. So we rejoice in the fact that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And we read that in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. That brings us to verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In the King James, it's rendered moderation. And the Greek word for that is epikes, which means that Having reasonableness or moderation means that we are not insisting on every right of letter, of law, or custom, and that we're yielding, that we are gentle, 
that we are kind, that we are courteous, and that we are tolerant. I didn't say tolerant of sin, but tolerant of one another's imperfections, tolerant of one another's idiosyncrasies. And I'm about as idiosyncratic and and eccentric as you can get. And I pray that you would bear with me as I bear with you. Because if we are truly the family of God, we grow together in sacramental community as we rub off of each other's rough edges. But we don't hold it against each other. We're loving, we're forgiving, we're gentle, we're kind. In fact, we ought to live lives characterized by our magnanimity, which means that we take the high road, that we are fair-minded, that we are of noble mind. The Lord is at hand, speaks to His omnipresence and omniscience, as well as His promised return, as St. James wrote in chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. In fact, I'm going to turn there. James chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. And we read. I'm going to pick up and start with uh, uh, verse 7 here. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it, it gets the earthly and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. And do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Uh, We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. We serve a merciful Lord who is full of compassion. We should extend that indeed to one another. That brings us to verse 6, where we read, do not be anxious about anything. Merimnate is the verb that's used from merimnao, which means to be apprehensive to have anxiety, to be anxious, to be unduly concerned. And again, this speaks to being unduly concerned about things that are well beyond our control. And it also means to attend to, to care for, to be concerned about. So it can use, be used in a positive way, as we see in chapter 2, verse 20. It's the same verb, but a different use. And what's the difference? Well, St. Timothy was sent to care for the church and for their benefit, controlled his actions in Christ-like attitude. Okay, so that uh, is where being concerned comes into play. That's different, again, in having no control whatsoever in your circumstances. You see, to be anxious for what is beyond our control is to lack faith in God's sovereignty. Either he's sovereign or he's not. To quote R.C. Sproul, Uh, And I quote, there is no maverick molecule if God is sovereign. If he cannot control the tiniest bits of the universe, then we cannot trust him to keep his word. We serve a sovereign God. So what do we do? What's the answer? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. 
And yet, how often is prayer not the first impulse? And I'm talking to myself as well. The moment that anxiety comes upon us, that's when we get on our knees and pray. And we seek the mercy of the Lord. Because when we pray, we believe that God is, and that He is greater than the greatest problem, and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him, as we read in Hebrews chapter 11. When we pray, we are not informing God of anything, because nothing comes to surprise uh, to Him. And we're not telling Him anything that He does not already know. As our Lord Jesus Christ also said in St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, prayer often brings our burdens to the forefront of our minds and it reminds us that we cast our cares on Him. Why? Because He cares for us. When we pray, we are having a conversation with, a plea directed to, a request made of, the cares of our hearts placed before the creator of heaven and earth in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ who can hear, know, understand, and care about and respond to the concerns that otherwise would sink us into the depths of despair. So, whenever we do despair, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ for comfort. Turn to the great shepherd of our souls who will carry us through our time of sorrow and despair. When we offer up our our prayers and supplications with thanksgiving, because in the midst of our circumstances, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I'm repeating that again. The righteous man runs into, uh, into it and is safe. And to be anxious means that we ourselves suffer, groan, and seek to see ahead. And that's the problem. When we get anxious, we are trying to see what's coming next. Yeah, how many of you would really like to know what's going to happen tomorrow and really would like to know the future that is ahead? And that includes the day of our, of our demise, of our death. I mean, if we truly knew what was in the future other than what's written in the Word of God, it would terrify us. So this is where we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not in our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him and He will make our paths straight so to be anxious means that we ourselves suffer groan seek to see ahead even though we can't and have no control over the outcome anyway and that's the point and again i'm speaking to myself why worry and get anxious over stuff over which we have no control whatsoever and then instead to have thanksgiving even in the midst of our circumstances means that we are giving god the glory in everything and that we are making room for him and casting our care on him letting it be his care which thereby eases the burden and i will admit that's an area where i have seen some growth and i pray that you will see growth in that area too because why is this important well and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus Furese is the word for guard, which means to provide security, to guard, protect, and keep. And interesting, it's the very same word that's used to describe a garrison of soldiers who stand guard. Namely, speaking of the imperial guard that's guarding St. Paul. So maybe he had that concept in mind. But Because God's peace will likewise guard our hearts against anxiety, doubt, and help us to withstand the storms in life even when they are fierce.
It's like a hurricane. (laughs) A hurricane is a storm with cyclonic winds that exceed 74 miles per hour. Rain, thunder, and lightning usually accompany the winds. Hurricanes can be very fierce storms with relentless pounding winds that continue hour after hour. But a very fascinating thing about a hurricane is its eye, a place of perfect calm in its center. Though the winds blow and rage all around it, there are none in the eye. So with us in the storms of life, when the Lord is our center, there is calm and peace even in the very darkest of life's storms. We all encounter them amidst joys and and other seasons of life. You know, we are going to affect or encounter storms. So, beloved, uh, since we have lost many dear brothers and sisters just this past year, um, some who were quite active in our parish and quite loved and quite missed, and others even who previously attended, my prayer is that this would encourage you as it does me. So on this fourth Sunday of Advent, let us make straight the way of the Lord by preparing our hearts to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, who spoke peace to the very storm which ceased its tempestuous fury at his command. When he rebuked the wind to the sea and said, peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive.